Welcome to Prima's 2017 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education and Training at Prima. On this Prima podcast, Kevin Glennon will discuss medical marijuana and workers' compensation. Kevin has over 30 years of experience in healthcare, encompassing clinical and claims management for workers' compensation, auto, and general liability. His background includes medical case management of complex and catastrophic injuries and long-term disabilities. As Vice President of Clinical Programs, Kevin manages an extensive clinical education and quality assurance program for home care providers and an in-house staff that oversees medical care coordination for post-discharge injuries. Kevin also partners with One Calls Rehab Specialists to provide solutions for both short and long-term claims. As a well-recognized participant and officer for local, regional, and national organizations and associations, Kevin conducts educational programs for claims executives, claims handlers, case managers, and other administration and management personnel. His articles have appeared in numerous publications, including the National Underwriter and the Self-Insurer. We will also be joined by Danica Williams, Prima's Member Services Manager. Danica will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the show. Kevin, it's a pleasure to have you here on Prima Podcast, and thank you for taking time to speak with me. What is the status of the use of medical marijuana in workers' compensation? Currently, under the Controlled Substance Act of 1970, marijuana is illegal at the federal level. However, more and more states are legalizing it for various medical and recreational purposes. To date, 25 states, including the District of Columbia, have legalized medical marijuana. In the November election, there were a total of nine states that were going to decide whether to make marijuana legal, five of those states recreationally and four medically. The five states that had recreational use on the ballot were Arizona, California, Maine, Massachusetts, and Nevada. Out of those five, all but Arizona passed in the November election. Of the four states for medical use, Arkansas, Florida, Montana, and North Dakota, all were approved. In Montana's approval, it actually rolled back restrictions on an existing medical marijuana law. With this in mind, and the contradictory directives between federal and state use, many work comp carriers are choosing to categorically deny coverage of medical marijuana. In addition, we currently do not have any ODG or ACOM guidelines which are the Official Disability Guidelines and the American College of Occupational and Environmental Medicine that would outline the use of medical marijuana related to an industrial accident, injury, or illness. So how is medical marijuana most recommended in workers' comp? What we're seeing from a clinical perspective is that there are properties in the cannabis plant that are utilized for inflammation, for chronic pain, and those are the CBD or cannabinoidal properties of the marijuana plant itself. Interestingly enough, according to the Institute of Medicine, 
chronic pain affects approximately 100 million adults here in the United States and costs $635 billion a year in both treatment of chronic pain and in lost productivity. One of the things that we see clinically is that individuals develop a tolerance to opioid pain medications after prolonged use. In fact, in 2013, it was estimated that over 16,000 overdose fatalities were reported through the Centers for Disease Control directly related to opioid pain medication. What we also know is that in a June 2015 article from the Journal of the American Medical Association that the existing clinical trials have shown medical marijuana to be effective in the treatment of chronic or neuropathic nerve pain. Again, these clinical trials are very small in scale because it does remain illegal at the federal level. Now, Kevin, what are the chances of its classification being changed at the federal level? That is actually very interesting. With everything uh, that has preceded the election this week, both Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton were in favor of rescheduling marijuana from its current illegal status, and that was outlined in a November article on the Motley Fool website. There's currently two bills that are stalled and pending at the congressional level. The one is the CAREERS Act, Compassionate Access, Research Expansion, and Respect States Act. That is being proposed by Senators Paul, Booker, and Gillibrand. That would actually reclassify marijuana from an illegal Schedule I to a Schedule II substance, recognizing that marijuana does have accepted medical use. The other bill, H.R. 1013, would regulate marijuana like Alcohol Act, and that bill is being proposed by Jared Polis. This bill would actually propose that marijuana be regulated in a similar manner to alcohol. It would actually remove it from the controlled substance schedules, and oversight of marijuana use would be transferred from the DEA to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Again, approval of both of these bills, or either, is still pending, but interestingly enough, according to a June 2016 Quinnipiac University poll, 89% of Americans support legalizing medical marijuana for adult use. We hope you're enjoying the podcast. In 2017, Prima will host two Enterprise Risk Management ERM trainings. The first ERM training session will take place March 21st and 22nd in Memphis, Tennessee. The second ERM training will take place November 14th and 15th in San Diego, California. I hope you're able to attend one of the 2017 ERM trainings. Here are some words from Prima's ERM faculty member, Robin Flint, regarding why risk management professionals should attend Prima's ERM training. An enterprise-wide approach to risk management enables a public entity to consider the potential impact of all types of risk on all of its entities, processes, activities, stakeholders, products, or services. Second, ERM enables a public entity's risk management initiatives to deliver outputs including compliance with applicable governance requirements, assurance to stakeholders regarding the management of risk, and overall improved decision-making. 
Third, and what I deem as most important, participants will learn how ISO 31000, or ERM, aligns a public entity's risk management strategy with the organization's goals and objectives. To learn more about Prima's ERM training, please visit primacentral.org. Now back to Kevin and Danica. Which states currently use medical marijuana and workers' compensation? Currently, we've actually seen New Mexico, their Court of Appeals has now ruled three times May of 2014 that medical marijuana was reasonable and necessary for injured workers and should be covered under work comp. In all three of these cases, the injured workers were authorized to use medical marijuana after traditional therapies had failed to relieve severe pain. One thing to note is that the work comp payer was to reimburse the injured worker for the cost of the medical marijuana and not pay for it directly, as again, it remains illegal on the federal level. What we also have seen is recently a case from Louisiana, where the Louisiana Court of Appeals actually upheld a ruling by a work comp judge that the employee's prescription was necessary medical expense and, again, ordered the employer carrier to reimburse the injured worker for the use of medical marijuana. There is no work comp statute in any of the states that has actually adopted the use of medical marijuana as an accepted means of treatment uh, for a work-related accident, injury, or illness. Interestingly enough, Minnesota in December of 2015 actually added intractable pain as a condition that could be treated with medical marijuana. So this may actually have opened the door for claimants' attorneys to file claims for injured workers to be reimbursed for the use of medical marijuana in Minnesota. Kevin, to close, what conflicts and complications does use of medical marijuana at the state level create with federal regulations? So again, since marijuana is still illegal at the federal level, when we are talking about use for both recreational and or medicinal purposes at the state level, there are significant conflicts that we do see. When you are looking at an employer with a drug-free workplace program, as we saw in the Coates versus Dish Network case in Colorado, it was determined that an individual who tests positive for marijuana can be terminated under the drug-free workplace policy because it is still considered an illegal substance. And so the Colorado Supreme Court actually has upheld the decision of the lower courts in Colorado, which, again, even though it is approved at the state level for both medical and recreational purposes in Colorado, when it comes to use in the workplace, the federal rules and regulations are being upheld. The other issue is that there are additional workplace risks. Marijuana affects individuals in different ways, and the effects are dependent on the frequency of use, the amount that is used, and studies show that marijuana can impair cognition, balance, and coordination in addition to decreasing alertness and delay reaction times. Again, 
this is dependent on the level of the THC component in the marijuana that an individual would be using. In most medicinal marijuana, the level of THC has been bioengineered down to a very low percentage, whereas with recreational marijuana, that is where we see the higher percentage of THC, which it is the THC component that we do see that can cause many of these impairments, especially when it comes to operating heavy machinery, driving vehicles. And so looking at the level of intoxication based on the type and amount of marijuana that is being utilized is what we are going to have to deal with as we move forward. Thank you again, Kevin. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks so much, Kevin and Danica. Please visit the Prima website to listen to other Prima podcasts, join upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about additional Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Enjoy the rest of your day.